Hello, and welcome to the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we appreciate you joining us today as we continue in our series of podcasts that focus on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. And today we're starting a new series of podcasts that we are calling Spending Time with the Text. Several of our faculty members here at the college suggested this topic as a way to share insights into scripture texts that not only help those who are sharing from the pulpit on a weekly basis, but they also help us grow as followers of Christ uh, so that we can be able to handle the Word of God in a manner that is accurate and effective. And so our plan is to present these spending time with text moments over the next five weeks leading up to the celebration of Easter on April the 4th. Joining us today is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. Dr. Sanders has been on staff here at DCC for five years now and was a guest for our February 1st podcast that focused on Christian leadership and chaplaincy. So helping to guide our discussion is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, Vice President of Institutional Advancement. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark, and let you facilitate today's Spending Time with the Text episode. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I'll tell you what, uh, not too long ago, I got an email from uh, Dr. Halen, who's going to share later on, and he just said, had some incredible insights that I had never, I mean, I, I've studied the Bible for a long time, and I just hadn't seen that little nugget, and mm-hmm. it was just phenomenal. And so it kind of gave us this idea, especially going into Easter, which hey, I, I think we ought to ce- celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every day because Absolutely. that gives us hope absolute hope. And we don't do that enough. Uh, You know, it's like Christmas or something. But anyway, uh, Dr. Sanders, uh, it's so good to have him here. And he's going to share about a passage of Scripture that you could kind of fly by if you're not careful. Uh, But it's found in Mark, the ninth chapter, and uh, verse 31. And it says that Jesus is talking, and he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. Wow, what a great start. So, uh, Dr. Sanders, you have studied this thing out, man. So tell us, uh, what are some some key things that we need to know about this text? Well, there's a ton here, as you know. Oh, yeah. We're going to focus on one aspect of it with this phrase, hand it over. Uh, You've heard that phrase before. You may have said it to your kids when they broke curfew, and <laughs> yeah. they, they walked in and you said, hand it over, referring to the car keys. Yeah. Or maybe it was losing money after a foolish decision, and you had to hand the money over. The phrase carries an authoritative tone uh, that shifts power from one entity to another. Think of a parent you know, saying that to a child. Moses said this phrase about the promised land. In Deuteronomy 1.8, he said, See, God has handed over the land before you. And now in our text, it shows up and it says the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands. So that's the phrase as you look for it there. This phrase in relation to God is almost always implying handing over to ruin, to defeat, to annihilation, or even death. And so when Israel's hearing this hand the land over, they're like, yes, we're getting our promised land. This is ours. We own it. Uh, It's closing day for Israel, and they're the beneficiaries. Uh, When a king passes on 
the kingdom to his son, the king hands the kingdom over. Is this, is this making sense to you? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, this background is probably why it says, you know, right after this verse, it says the disciples didn't understand or the people who were listening didn't understand it and were afraid. I love it. They were afraid to ask. You know, it's, I, I'm sure you've had that in your classes before where a student was like, I don't get at all what you're saying, but I'm afraid to ask. Right. Well, in the Old Testament, and here's where we're going to hopefully do a better job of understanding and why we need to slow down here. In the Old Testament, God hands over the nations to the Israelites. Uh, You know this from Old Testament survey. Those evil nations deserved it. They were bad. They weren't God's people. They were punished. They were handed over by God. Then there's this obscure passage in Isaiah 53, now as Christians on the other side of the cross, we, you know, Isaiah 53, red lights going right, off. Right. But, but this would be kind of obscure. It'd be known to some of the scholars, but here's what it says. Talking about the servant of the Lord in Isaiah. The Lord handed him over. His soul was handed over to death. Kind of obscure, kind of out there. And so when Jesus says this, looking back, the New Testament author said, oh, We see it crystal clearly now, but not so much the case as you pointed out with the disciples. Jesus' teaching was consistently filled with the theme of his upcoming suffering. The disciples didn't understand it like we don't understand it. After all, the disobedient people are handed over to the obedient Israel. So when something's handed over in Scripture, it's often disobedient blessings given to the obedient people. So you can see how the story of Jesus kind of flips this upside down already, right? Yeah. We want to be the good people who get things handed over to us, right? We, we want to be on that side of it. But here's, here's the really nugget that is pretty striking and powerful. Jesus redefines handed over in its relation with God. No longer is the faithful one receiving all the benefits through a handing over. Instead, a new type of faithful one, Jesus serves God through remaining faithful despite being handed over to judgment, being innocent. Does that make sense? You're tracking along? I mean, he's faithful despite the reversal. If you listen very closely to the echoes from the past, you can hear, all we like sheep have gone astray. The Lord handed him over. His soul was handed over to death. And so Jesus, the faithful one, serves God through a handing over of judgment and betrayal, of suffering, of pain. And this really threw the disciples for a loop that Passion Week. They thought, what, what's going on? Paul says this, Though Christ Jesus was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself. I think... We're alike that we like to hang on to stuff. You, you like to hang on to stuff. I like to hang on to stuff. I prefer to keep it. Yet the way of following the Lord is the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's a handing over of your life, just like Jesus. Handing over my politics. Handing over your ways. Handing over your life and mine. Handing over my money handing over your preferences. I mean, the list is endless, Mm -hmm. right? The list is endless 
of what we may hand over to God in faithfulness and sacrifice. So this Passion Week, uh, I'd really encourage you to think through what sacrifices through worship you might place on the altar to hand them over to the Lord. It's really, really easy to identify what you need to hand over. What you need to hand over is that item relationship or reality that you are holding on to so tightly that your hand hurts. He remained faithful where we could not. He held on and was handed over when we could not. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's pretty incredible. You know, and it's it's almost like the hymn, I Surrender All, you know, the old hymn that used to be sung. And you quoted from Philippians, the second chapter, which, which I love. And <clears throat> I think it's interesting. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on the cross. And then what's the result of that? You know, that voluntary handing mm-hmm. over, I suppose, but... But therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. I think that's interesting, you know, that, that he gave it over and then God responded. You know, certainly a horrible event on the cross when he turns his back, but because of that handing over, God exalted him to the highest place. Well, wasn't Jesus already at the highest place? You know, how could he be even higher than he was before he came? Well, because now he understands uh, surrender in a whole different way. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah, that's an incredible idea. So, how did you come across that? What what was your studying did, the text? Yeah, <laughs> just uh, in in I've been studying through Mark for some time and just working kind of verse by verse, passage by passage, idea by idea, and. That phrase is just all over the Old Testament. It's one of those that's, that's tucked away, and when you slow down and look at it, it's, it's right there, and it's an invitation for us to live differently. You know, you're primarily an Old Testament guy, and so I think it's so great that, you, you know, a lot of people say, well, the Old Testament doesn't have anything to tell us in the New Testament, but what you're telling us is that's exactly the wrong idea. That's the wrong way of thinking. Man, that's beautiful that you came up with all of those. You know, when when you were talking, I was thinking of Romans 1. For example, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Uh, would that be the same phrase, same kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think it's the same general theme of the reversal. You want to live this way? Then you're going to receive the benefits of that benefits being a negative yeah. connotation in that in that instance absolutely yeah Genesis six uh, you know the flood the, right <clears throat> I think it's interesting because man had destroyed the earth God destroyed him you know it, uh, that's that's exactly what happened they reaped uh, Galatians they reaped what they sowed and man you know Jesus is willing to do that uh, that's a huge sacrifice to give himself over. Now, why do you think the disciples didn't understand that? Because they were all from, I mean, they studied the Old Testament pretty extensively. Well, they didn't call it the Old Testament. They called it the Bible. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> we, Torah. We, we call it, yeah. yeah. But why do, why do I think they struggled? Why, why do we think they struggled to understand this? 
Because they're normal people like us. Yes. We want, yes. We want the blessings. We want the good stuff. We, we don't want the way of hardship and, and, and surrender. Yeah. And, and that's why Christianity and following the Lord Jesus is so radically different than, than other walks of life, religion, secular ways of thinking. It, it intentionally hands over. Your, your very self. And, and you, you know, when you became a Christian, you, you knew that, but somewhere along the way, yeah. we get comfortable and we so easily forget that. Yeah, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Instead of the opposite. And um, I need to be honest with you, you know, when in working through this, you know, it, it's, it's a challenging call because I don't want to let things go. Yeah. I want to control and, and I know best. And all the while, I, I hear that echo of, we are like sheep who have gone astray. Yeah. And how does a sheep get saved? <laughs> uh, stop moving around and be rescued. Yeah. You know, Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah, it's so hard to do. Wow, what a, what a prelude to the resurrection. Um and the crucifixion, you know, but we always look at the cross and we, we don't look at the aftermath, the resurrection and the impact that that has. And again, the disciples, we're, we're looking at it, you know, past. They're looking at it present. <laughs> hey, right. what, what, what are we talking about here? And it was obvious that they, even, even at, the, at the end of it in Acts, the first chapter, they still didn't completely get it what was happening. They just didn't get it. And I, you know, and those are guys that would walk with Jesus. So we're, you know, maybe, maybe we get a little bit of a, a exemption here. <laughs> Although we see the past. I mean, we, we see what happened there. <clears throat> Man, just a phrase. So that really impacted your life. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that verse you pointed out, uh, the, the phrase after, but they did not understand the saying. That's so true of us. And, and that's the constant call to discipleship, yeah. to really slow down, acknowledge His ways, see our selfishness, and, and really lift up the Lord Jesus as the only one who could do it right, who could fulfill the calling that, that was Israel's job where they fell short and Jesus did not and willingly walked that horrendous passion week filled with so much symbolism and meaning and power. Yeah, I'm reading through Genesis right now and it goes all the way back to the plan at that moment, you know, way back. You know, one of one of the things that's encouraging me uh, encouraging to me and I think maybe our listeners, is, you know, you think of theologians, you think of scholars, you think of professors, and, and, and it's like, oh, no, they don't find anything new. They, you know, they've, they've learned it all. They're at the pinnacle. They have a Ph.D. in knowing the Bible. You know, that's, and I think it's encouraging. It, it is to me, Eddie, that, that to me, that's a humbling thing 
to see in you. I wish they could see you right here, right now, and see the impact that studying Scripture has on you. It's not the waxing eloquent. It's what does God say and speak to me? And I think that's awesome. That's, that's the thing that always gets me about Dr. Halen, you know, that when he shared that nugget with us, it was like, I've never seen this. And my first thought was like, you got to be kidding, man. You're a, you know, you're a scholar. You're, and and uh, Eddie's shaking his head no right now. <laughs> so uh, that is so incredible uh, that that still happens to you after studying Hebrew, Greek in depth uh, historical, grammatical context, and all of the stuff that's involved in theology, Eddie. This is pretty cool. Great insights. And it's that it reminds me of the, the, the aspect of God's Word being living and active. And yeah. throughout my entire life, I've had the same experience where things I've read, glossed over, read through quickly, oh, yeah. later times come back and speak to me. You mentioned the lyrics to uh, I Surrender All, and I'll, I'll leave us with that as we, uh, you know, the application here is obviously what, what do we need to hand over to God? How do we release control of our lives? And I think the hymn, the hymn writer had it great here, all to Jesus, I surrender all to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. We've uh, set up this season of Lent leading into uh, Holy Week and Passion Week and the celebration of Easter that's going to take place here the first part of April. And so we pray that these... uh, moments where we're spending some time with the text are encouraging to you. Uh, Our prayer is that this will help you in your daily walk, and it will give you uh, some food for thought as we continue to walk through this season preparing for what will be a glorious Resurrection Day. Remind you that if you want more information about Dallas Christian College, you can always check us out at our website at www.dallas.edu. Dr. Sanders, thank you for sharing today. Mark, always good to have you moderating and facilitating our discussions and we will uh, catch you next week i don't know yet what our scripture passage is going to be but it will be something uh, exciting so check us out but thank you again for being a part and uh, being one who listens to the dcc leadership podcast have a great day